All right. Welcome to the Sweet Science of Fighting podcast. Today, we have Vern Gambetta. Welcome, Vern. Uh, thank you. It's good to be here. Looking forward to uh, talking about this, maybe a little bit outside my comfort zone. <laughs> now, that th this will be a good podcast. So obviously, we met, I don't know, maybe five or so years back now at, at your gang conference. It's that was probably right. one of the more influential conferences. In fact, it's actually pretty much one of the only ones I've been to. I don't really want to go to any others now, now with that one because that was so good. But, but do you want to maybe provide a, a brief background about yourself then and we'll, and we'll jump into some of the topics today? Yeah. Well, I've been starting my 54th year of coaching. Um, my, <clears throat> my background um, as an athlete, I played college football. I was an offensive lineman, not very offensive. And... Uh, um, <laughs> And then I uh, took up uh, decathlon after college because I wanted to be a track coach and that was a means of learning events. And I, I, at the same time I was coaching, I competed in decathlon. Um, I went to play football and went to Fresno State College and then um, um, started my coaching career in Santa Barbara, California, coaching junior high school, middle school, and then um, went to Stanford University for my master's and coached that year. There, went back, coached at Santa Barbara High School, and then coached um, women's track and cross country at Cal Berkeley for five years, and then ventured out, in a sense, into the private sector, just coaching um, individual athletes leading into the 1984 Olympic Games, decathletes, heptathletes, and distance runners, <clears throat> and then um, ventured into pro sports. Um, went to work for a guy who had a contract with the White Sox and the Bulls, worked for him for two years, and then was director of conditioning for the White Sox for nine years. Had no interest in baseball, no background in baseball, but <laughs> they uh, they basically paid for the equivalent, I think, the equivalent of my Ph.D. They gave, I had a budget. I had authority. I learned a lot. I think we made we did a lot of innovative things that are rec recognized as such now. And then um, it's... Um, Went into uh, pro soccer, uh, working with pro soccer, was the conditioning coach for the, wor the worst conditioned World Cup team ever, the U.S. <laughs> team in 1998. You cannot prepare for the World Cup with 10 minutes a day. And my big lesson I'll share with you then is you can never compete above your level of physical preparation. And that's a simple concept. You can wish and hope and say, I have great athletes, but it won't work. And then from, you know, did that. And then kind of from there, um, started GATE in 2007, which brought a lot of things together. Uh, done some work in rugby, uh, both codes, uh, and, uh, I mean, league, league and union. And then um, a little bit with sevens, uh, cricket, uh, you know, you name it. And now um, we also have GAINS swimming which we started 20 years ago, but it's really taken off. And we have uh, uh, 12 of the top 20 teams in the U.S. use the game system. Uh, we had a silver medal. Well, we had three, three medalists in the last Olympic Games and about 25% uh, of the U.S. Olympic between men and women. And uh, so that's, I pun intended, I am very immersed in swimming right now. Co uh, Dryland coaching um, anywhere from um, five or six sessions a week there. So um, it's it's been a long journey. It's been a fun journey across a lot of sports. And uh, my thing is, as you know, James, is to make connections, make connections between sports. And mm -hmm. there's a lot more similarities than there are differences. So that's what's oh, been for sure. to see. So, yeah, and, and, that's, yeah. and that's why it's, it's awesome bringing you on here, even though not from a combat sports background if everything applies to everything and, and sports principles are the same you know regardless of the sport and and i think with your with your coaching experience too you've coached longer than many of us have been alive and <laughs> and you've you've been very vocal about a few different topics as well but one of the topics i wanted to jump into it's one i think most athletes even most even i struggle with it is the idea of moving away from a seven-day micro cycle and i know yeah. you've talked a lot about hey you know it doesn't have to be Monday to Sunday, a seven day cycle of training. Right. You can do 10 right. day, 14 day, 21 day, even micro cycles. Do you want to maybe, maybe just go a little bit into your philosophy around that? Yeah. I mean, I call it, you know, and we're all, it's the Judeo Christian um, periodization model, you know, the, <laughs> the big guy, 
worked for six days and rested on the seventh. And it, and, and that was great at creation. But now with also we, we don't, I, I'm a big believer in the 24 hour athlete concept. And so if you can train, we have, we right now we have our international group here training four or five hours a day, some days a week, but there's, what about the other 19 hours? And so you, you got to look at, and I, I started thinking about this when I was coaching at Cal Berkeley. And was, we'd, we'd have Sunday as our day off, and Monday was our hard day. And sometimes our hard day, our big emphasis day. And it was just terrible. They came off a complete rest. Monday mm. was a high-stress day. It was a high-stress day for me. You know, all the assignments either are due on Monday or they're getting the assignments. And kids would come to the track just fried. And I go, look, at, we, we, can, we can do this better. So that's when I came up with the idea of a 14-day microcycle. It actually ended up making Monday an active rest day. So, you know, we just, it's, it's where you start the training. And if you're not comfortable with that, and, and this goes back to classical periodization, there's always a period of preparation within a microcycle, a period of adaptation, and a, and a period of application. And with 10 or 14 days, it works out perfect. You have three or four days of preparation, more, a little more general work. Then you make the transition to raising intensity, and then you, you lower volume and raise intensity and get more specific. So what it, what it solves, it's, it, it creates, um, if you can work it around your lifestyle and your life work, I think that that's the first, first thing. And then it, it, the biggest thing is it cures the density problem. You look at seven days, and I don't know how you feel about this, James, or the listeners, but think about it. I think, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Mm -hmm. I've got to do that. You know, yeah. I've got to, there's a lot of boxes we have to tick, not just to tick boxes, but that are important to, to um, uh, get adaptation. And it, it, it takes away from that. You just go, ah, you know, it's like a big sigh of relief. Like, wait a minute. I don't have, and, and I set things up within that as major emphasis and minor emphasis. So if it's major emphasis, it's got to show up more often in that microcycle. If it's minor emphasis, I know I'm always touching on it, you know, in that. And so doing it, and, and you mentioned even 21 days. I, 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 sometimes in a, in a real general phase, way far away from competition, we use a, a 21 day, but I, I would rather, I think of, um, a mesocycle or a block, whatever you want to call it. I think of it as three 14-day microcycles, you know, like mm. that. And, and when I'm not competing, the first 14 days are more preparation, the middle ones are more adaptation, and then it's application, you know. And and that's about, in terms of the whole planning thing, that's about as long. I have general objectives for six months from now, but that six weeks is, is really zeroed in. You know, mm. I think if people are afraid to try it, um, I think at times because the first the first 14 or 28 days, it's a little uncomfortable because you're moving things around. You know, we have traditionally Saturday's a hard day. Saturday probably would be a hard day. And then people, you know, for what religious reasons or whatever, in some countries, they they shut down on Sunday, you know, but but look at what your highest stress day is outside of your training, too and make that an active rest or a rest day. And I usually couple, there's a couple of active rest days in there, you know, too. So it, it was, mm. it was a tip at a solution, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like the concept. I, I know what you mean about almost like the anxiety of trying to fit everything in for seven days. Cause you're going, okay, I need to do my strength work two or three days, or I need to do this extra conditioning, but then you've also got how many days of technical training on top and then yeah. whatever else you have in your life. And you go, okay, well, if I miss the session, you know, I miss, I miss it within the seven days or, or just Microsoft. But if you extend it out to that 14 days, you can almost spread things out yeah, to exactly. a point where you, gets, where you have well, the time. It's a little blown out of proportion. Like, this is a, not a good example, but this is just some notes. I start my planning with just with notes. I'm, I'm mm. helping a former pro football player that I work with. He's a high school coach here one day a week. And I, I just write notes, and that's where it starts. Now the rubber's got to meet the road. I have an hour, and I have to also be careful that I don't try to cram everything into the hour, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, and so it's, it, it's, it's a common dilemma that we face. 
you know, that um, particularly when people aren't full-time professional athletes, you yeah. know, and then the other, the other vein, if they're full-time professional athletes, they try to do too much too often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a little, it's a little bit best backwards that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. But how would, how would you employ something like this? More of a, a thought experiment here, but, for most people, they have like a seven, a, it'll be a seven day market cycle because perhaps the uh, the technical training they do is, is on certain times of the day, certain days of the week. So for example, yeah. every Saturday might be a hard session and every Wednesday might be a hard session. So you're almost locked, locked into the seven day mindset right. within the technical training. How do you work everything else around that to be like, okay, I'm thinking broader in a 10 or 14 day cycle. Well, first of all, if those are, and, and those are, so those are your, those are your benchmarks. Those are your, that's what you build your 14 days around. Okay. So mm -hmm. when are you going to start your 14 days? So if it's Wednesday, if it's Wednesday, um, Saturday, chances are I'm going to have Sun Monday, my rest day and mm -hmm. Sunday is going to be, and if you're talking about, I, I mean, I've not worked, been a long time, but done some stuff with wrestling and that. And um, and uh, Nick Garcia, who you know, is now doing mm -hmm. a lot of uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu jiu and that. And uh, so, you know, you've had a hard technical session. You've had a, a lot of uh, grappling, a lot of stuff on Saturday. Then Sunday should probably be more of an aerobic day. Uh, mm -hmm. and I, I don't like to label it necessarily recovery, but it could be aerobic. It can be more aerobic, lower intensity, um, you know, yoga type of stuff. Sunday. Um, Monday off, then Tuesday you're starting to build up into Wednesday, you know, yeah. and then you could you could theoretically have a active rest day uh, on Friday before your Saturday. If those technical sessions are going to determine how good you're going to be, then everything has to be focused on those, and everything else supports those. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yep, no, that makes that makes complete sense as well. And okay. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think it's. It's more of a planning area where people get confused or fall into that grinding mentality of, hey, you know, yeah. hard session Wednesday, but it's going to also be hard sessions on Tuesday and Thursday and Friday because because they need yeah. to feel like they're doing work to feel like yeah. they're making progress, but fall into that trap of just beating, them, <laughs> beating themselves into the dirt. And, 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 and it's easy to do that. You know, I mean, I've done that as an athlete. I checked yeah, I think we all have. <laughs> I put, yeah, we all have. I put my training from when I was doing decathlon and I looked at it and I showed it to my wife. I was married at the time and I said, how did you stay married to me? And she said, I don't know. We've been married for years. It's probably, but I, I look at that and I go, did I get better? Yeah, because I'd never done it before, but I was tired mm. all the time. And the quality, the, 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 the quality was sacrificed. Quality and intensity are not the same quality is a measure of perfect and intensity is a measure of a hundred percent. But so, you know, when, when you go into those sessions and, and I, I, again, I've been around, you know, martial arts and combat sports enough that those have to be to, to find, fine tune your technique. You have to, you can't be really tired. You're going to be tired at mm. the end of a match, but that's different. That's later, you know, you're learning moves you know, things like that. So, and the other thing, James, that I think is really important, and I, I don't mean to say that the 10 or 14 day microcycle will, you know, bring world peace or cure cancer <laughs> or something like that, you know, but but what it does is is it it, it forces you to, to, um, to take a, a less is more approach. So, and understand the connection between workouts. We tend to we tend mm. to look at today was a great workout. It was a great workout. I dug deep. You know, my adrenals are gone. I come back tomorrow. <laughs> Shit, pardon my French. Instead of saying, okay, how do I sequence stuff so that I can get the optimum out of the most important workouts and they fit together? So I think of it as one big workout broken into segments. Yeah, that's an awesome way of looking at it too. And you mentioned about quality of practice I, I don't know if it was i don't know if it was you it might have been must be you and, and potentially gain about about perfect practice and essentially not people will say perfect practice 
well, I can't remember the saying, whatever it is, but our perfect practice being perfect, but you yeah, want yeah. Im imperfect practice because you want to make those mistakes and you want to be able to essentially self-organize and self-learn essentially. Do you want to maybe dive yeah. a little bit into that? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, it's, it's in vogue now, sort of differential learning, um, you know, implicit learning versus explicit learning, mm. learning through exploration and that. And, and, and I think that, you know, and again, I'm an old guy talking here, you know, that came up in the era of very uh, explicit learning, step one, step two. And, and I know yeah. that exclusively that created robots that didn't work. The great athletes stayed great and the average athletes didn't thrive on that. So mm -hmm. creating opportunities for mistakes and, you know, testing the envelope and, and recognizing that mistakes are learning opportunities and, 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 and evaluating. And I think a lot of this, James, really comes to your mental pre your, your, your mindset going into the training session so that you have a clear objectives of what you're trying to achieve. And then you look at what happened, then you debrief. It can be just in the shower. It doesn't have to be a formal thing. <laughs> I mean, we do a formal debrief with once a week with our high-level swimmers and with the athletes. But you know, just like a little checklist and say, okay, now I this is I, I have this particular move or this particular thing. I'm struggling with it. How am I? What? How do I? How do I work on that now? You know, and I got pinned five times in a row. You know, because but you know, the, the sixth time you you might be better. And I and it, I think we tend to look at things in a finality. So. Yeah, perfect practice is, uh, is, I think that was something that we were hammered in, you know, sort of this Protestant work mm. ethic. It's got to be perfect. It's got to be yeah. perfect, you know, and uh, and and even competition, uh, you know, the perfect competition has never been, never happened yet, you know. So <laughs> it's, it's learning opportunities is the way I look at it, you know, chances, chances to learn. Yeah, I think it was also drilled into a lot of people when in sports where when you make mistakes, you get punished by the coach doing push-ups or whatever oh, else. Yeah. It, and, still... and then it, it kind of exacerbated from there because obviously then it had to be perfect. You can't make mistakes. And obviously, as you mentioned, you start getting into that robot mentality. I, of... say, I, I did back when I was working with the Bulls, we worked, we uh, trained at this, this sort of a, we had our area and it was a public really fancy health club and this guy saw I, I noticed he was watching and he came up and talked to me and he was a judo player a mm. musician uh really accomplished musician and he asked me if i'd work with him so and you know so i, I said yeah i says you know what what do you charge i said nothing i said i want to learn about you tell me i want to learn what you're doing i'll learn from you and that's one of the things that he told me so he was in korea i think and the sense I would, if he made a mistake, he had a two by four and he'd hit him with a two by four. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and I'm thinking, oh man, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Real life Cobra Kai, that, that's funny. Yeah, that, yeah that, that, that pivot practice thing, I think we all fall into that mindset too. Like, even like, for example, wrestling or jujitsu, you come on the mats and, you, and you're rolling with partners and you're often looking to almost win the role, get into positions you're comfortable with versus exploring some of maybe the newer yeah. things and things Price. you're worse at and losing a lot just to figure it out mm -hmm. yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also, I wanted to go a little bit into energy systems because I think we have, we have a couple of, I guess we could say a couple of schools of thought around, I mean, zone two stuff is just all over the bloody internet now and everyone's oh, obsessed yeah. over zone two. Um, yeah. Outside of that, you've got a pure physiological approach where you're looking at, okay, whatever I'm doing, I'm stimulating adapt, physiological, physiological adaptations to target specific energy systems versus maybe a work yeah. or power output kind of mechanical model, I guess you could say, where it's more about, you know, can I sustain or repeat these efforts at this intensity for these times with these rests and things like that. And obviously these can be intertwined together in a conditioning philosophy, but I know, I know you've been very vocal around the idea of the interplay between energy systems and I guess not isolating them. Do you want to maybe dive a little bit into that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just finished listening on my walk this morning to, I, I should know the name, but I don't, he's the coach of the 
He's an engineer who's the coach of the two Norwegian triathletes that are basically dominating the world. It's fascinating because an engineer has a mindset of, you know, and, and they do all this monitoring. But at the mm. end of the day, it comes down to really getting to know the people. And he's got two of them. They're friends. But um, one, of, one of the things, as you were asking the question, just made me think about this, first of all, because I was just writing. I'm, I'm writing a blog post for next week about this. You know, first of all, you cannot train a energy system. You cannot mm -hmm. train aerobic. Um, you can't train anaerobic a lactate. You can't train. All of them are working all the time. As we're talking right now, our lactate system is 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 activated. It's it's mm -hmm. almost immeasurable, <laughs> but it's it's activated. And I think this idea that we think that we can isolate out and train an enemy system, uh, an energy system, and in a match that's three minutes, five minutes, whatever it is, or a game, they're all going to operate. Remember the goal without, and you know, I, I've read your stuff, you know physiology better than I probably. The goal is to produce ATP. We're going to produce it with oxygen or without oxygen. Mm -hmm. And one of, the, one of the toughest things I remember taking wrestling class in college is, and, and doing some grappling with the rugby players, the toughest thing is, is just that constant tension, right? That you yeah. have when, <laughs> oh, it's it's just it's 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 painful. It's more painful than, you know, and that. So how do we how do we address that? Um, well, with a multifaceted approach, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna do some absolute speed development work, which is low um, low fatigue, um, very very explosive. And on the other thing, and my feeling is you need to develop your technique in 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 non-fatigue situations, and then gradually add fat a fatiguing environment so you have mm. tough technique under fatigue, right? And there's a lot of ways to do that. I think a lot of that is related to uh, sequencing your strength training, your power, you know, whatever you want. I call it strength training because it's not just weight training, along mm -hmm. with some of your meta, you know, uh, metabolic work. See, again, I'm falling into the same trap of separating. <laughs> but I know that I can do a 15-minute, what we call our GH workout, which is 30 seconds of high-intensity work, 30 seconds recovery. We do 12 minutes of that, and, and you're going to be, you're going to lie on the mat. You're not going to be able to get up for 20 minutes, okay? So there's mm -hmm. a place for that. And I would sequence that type of work then with 10 minutes of steady state aerobic work rather than, mm -hmm. and I read, somebody said, I won't name, say the name, this guy's a big martial arts conditioning guy and he advocates, you know, hour runs, hour and a half runs. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking, man, you, you, you know, you're, 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 you're training people to be slow. So start with bouts of work, like, you know, stuff like, stuff like, um, 15 second easy, 15 second medium, 15 second sprint, and build up to 20 minutes of that, you know, and you can do that if you if you want on the bike, you can do it, you, you know, if you live someplace where you can cross country ski, you run, you know, things like that. So I, 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 I this, this idea of, I think training the energy systems has, has misled us to think that, oh, we got that box tick, now we got, anaerobic a lactate no it all it all works together do we need to raise max vo2 that's the other one you know for mm. in and again I'm, I'm i'm talking i said i don't know about you know i've been a close observer well yeah yes and no but you know anaerobic threshold there's a lot of other factors that come into that and you're going to raise max vo2 i ran I, I i ran into this with um uh, quite a few years ago when I was working with Canadian basketball and they were obsessed with getting the players up their max VO2 up. Have you ever seen a seven foot, 230 pound guy go out and try to run for an hour? You, you know, <laughs> it's ugly. I don't need it. And, 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 and it's recorded on a seismograph, not a stopwatch. And uh, he had a low max VO2. So his capacity was very low. Right. So mm -hmm. we devised a routine where, uh, he, he did three different types of aerobic activity. He started low impact. Um, uh, I mean, the highest impact first. So he ran for five minutes. Then he got on the bike for five minutes and he did slide board for five minutes. 
And then he gradually increased the amount of time and the intensity of that. He raised his max VO2 almost 10 L per kgs. You know, mm. so good when you're 48, but uh, and you're 22 <laughs> years old, you know, and stop smoking too, and that too helps. But so I, I don't know if that answers the question, but this is a this is a fun thing to talk about because it's um, again it's it's making use of your better use of your training time and making mm. it fit to that athlete's uh, abilities and capacities. Okay. Mm. I think that's what we have to do. Everything is dictated in your case by the, you know, the, the the rules of the game, so to speak, the time, the time limits, and you know, and that kind of stuff. But uh, and I know, you know, in, in boxing again, it, it, I've always that's always been of interest to me because one time I had a great cross country team at Cal and. And uh, the Olympic Training Center was at Squaw Valley then. There was a, it was 1979, and the U.S. Um, boxing team was there. And they had mm. – uh, uh, and so we'd, we'd go watch them spar, and then the guys would sit around the pool with, with the girls and stuff, and they'd say, I can't – you know, we can beat you. They would go an hour in the morning, and it was at altitude at 7,000 feet, you know, and uh, – We'd go a half hour and, you know, and, and catch up seeing at the end. And we had these discussions, I had this long discussion with the coach, like, why are you doing that? You know, basically there you're training for three rounds, right? In, in, in mm-hmm. Olympic box, you're not training for 15, yeah. you know, we should be better off doing interval training, more, more, uh, 10 med ball throws, a, a sprint, you know, 10 med ball throws a sprint. I think it, it affords, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just running off at the mouth here, but no, it, affords, <laughs> it, it affords the opportunity for a lot of innovation in terms of how you prepare to be more match-like, more game-like. Now, I, I think uh, a lot of the uh, Sweet Tarts of Finding coaches I've got on board will listen to that as music to their ears. I, I know a I few of them so. <laughs> are very, I guess you could say, against that whole idea of, the old energy system, I guess, focus. I think a lot of it is just more kind of labeling to make it almost easier to categorize different interventions yeah, as it, well. It, it sounds scientific. You know, it's like, you know, and, and a lot of, we can, look, we can measure just about anything now, but mm. is it meaningful? That's the question I always ask. Is it meaningful? And secondly, mm. are you going to use that to determine what you do or inform yeah. what you do? You know, mm. this guy, this, this guy today is really interesting. Uh, the, uh, I can say this on this podcast, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the podcast was sponsored by whoop and he basically blew whoop out of the water because whoop puts a big thing on HRV yeah. and, and he's HRV makes up 2% of our, of our, uh, what, what we look at. And I have a good friend, Dr. Michael Joyner at, Mayo Clinic, who's a world-renowned exercise physiologist, and he go like, HRV, like, you know, that's a clinical measure that we use in the hospital, in the cardiac unit. You know, mm. you can't measure it with a band or a thing on your finger, you know, accurately. And even if you could measure it accurately, what does it really have to do as a measure of recovery? And this guy mm. said, and I believe, and everybody I know in this over my 50 plus years of coaching is just is you've got to establish a relationship with the athlete and they've got to be honest with you if i say james yeah. how do you feel and you say i'm just absolutely knackered man yesterday's workout you said it was a medium workout it just kicked my ass well i better be smart enough to adjust today's workout or i'm in a bear mm-hmm. and i think sometimes that's looked upon as Oh, you're not going to be mentally tough. No, I want you to be mentally mm. tough in the, you know. So sorry, I got on a soapbox no, again. The, uh, these tangents are perfect. That's that's exactly yeah. why, why I, like, I like doing this because we can go down any road. But that, uh, I'm with you there as well. I mean, I remember, like, I'll collect wellness data f- for my guys, and you'll see something that looks a little funny, and you and you talk to them, and maybe in the morning, like, if if I was tracking HRV, maybe it would be bad in the morning. But then by the afternoon, after they've done a little bit of stuff in the morning, they're they're good and they have a good session. And if you went yeah. just by the data and not talking to them, you'll be like, okay, you're, you're not doing anything today. You know, and yeah, right. there's, there's so much variation that can happen. It's, it's interesting about the HIV data. I've heard that from a couple of different people about HIV, but 
may not potentially be, I guess, the monitoring tool that that should be used as it is at the moment, just because, yeah, I mean, it's only one point in the day too, right? Well, that, and, and, and remember, and, and we could take anything, you could look at, you know, lactate, you could look at, if you want to take biopsies, if you're not much of a nut <laughs> job, you want to take biopsies once a week or something like that. We're looking at one isolated, one isolated physiological component, and, and the body is a system, and all these systems have to, have to self-organize and work together. So mm. to, to, to just look at that one measure is going to distort, it's going to be distorted. That's, I think, that's yeah. the way to say it. Yeah, yeah. I'd really, uh, I can, uh, while we're talking, I'll, I'll uh, it was the, uh, this guy, I was really, is really interesting, not because he confirmed my bias, because I was expecting him to say that this is really important and we, we, you know, and I was, I almost stumbled and when I was on my walk, you know, so, uh, No, it's uh, it's definitely an interesting point with with the HIV. But I wanted to come back a little bit to the energy system stuff too. Like, okay, obvious when we're when we're looking at when people talk about okay, we want to do the we want to target or prioritize the aerobic energy system because we're after these certain adaptations and we want to improve this, this, and this. Or we're looking more anaerobic or higher intensity stuff within these parameters because I want to develop capacity or power or what people will say is, you know, lactate tolerance or, or whatever the, the buzzword is around, around those different things or zone two for the low end. How do we know, or how would someone know, I guess, what to do in a session when, I don't know if, I don't know how, if I'm framing this question correctly, but it, for example, if someone goes, okay, I'm going to do aerobic work, low intensity aerobic work, steady state, because I know, you know, generally I'm probably going to get these adaptations, but if I'm going down the road, okay. 15, as you mentioned, 15 seconds jogging, 15 seconds a little harder than 15 seconds even harder and then repeat. How would you go about designing something like that? And how would you know what to put in that session versus something really easy to prescribe? Like, hey, this is kind of like the guidelines for aerobic yeah. capacity, aerobic power, and I can throw that in there yeah. versus being able to mix something up like that. I don't know if, if that question even made sense. I was trying no, to- No, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the ongoing conundrum that we you have in, in your disciplines in combat sports, it's an ongoing conundrum you have in team sports, uh, you know, and that too. So what? at what point do I get diminishing? The, the way I'd look at it, I'd look at it maybe negatively in a sense. At what point am I getting diminishing returns by doing too much steady state aerobic work? That's what I have to look at. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I would classify that type of work more as um, – recovery regeneration type of work, capitalization, something like that. Yeah. And I really look carefully at the mode that I'm using to achieve that. So yeah. it's where I sequence it, you know. So, and and I, I could be criticized by this, but if you're going to do a really, um, see, I would, I, if, if, say you're going to do a technical session and then you're going to, you're going to fight, you're going to grapple for 15 minutes or something like that. Mm -hmm. Then I would do right after that, I would do, a really high intensity um, interval type of session. Yeah. Okay. With a lot of a lot of up down med ball throws, short sprints, easy jumps, that kind of stuff, for 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 three three minute bouts. Okay. With mm -hmm. three minutes recovery, and then I would end up with fifteen to twenty minutes of steady aerobic work after that. You know. So and 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 I think that's some uh, James. That's a mistake. Somewhere along the way, we've been taught that you can't, oh, don't mix energy systems. Well, how do mm. you mix energy yeah. systems? That, that's in, that's in, huge. In the I fall into that trap yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, no. And, and, and I'm going, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. I, I'm going to get, you know, um, yeah. And if you're doing two sessions a day, look at, you know, look at how you're, how you're um, making those two are interacting, you know, too. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I always, it, my attitude no, toward go, the, toward the conditioning part or toward all of that is I always got to live to fight again. You know, yeah. I think there's too much either beat the crap out of them. Uh, <laughs> For sure. You know, uh, and, and you, it's, you're, you're, you're working in tough, tough disciplines. I understand, but you know, you've worked in rugby too. And yep. 
you know, rugby league, you worked in union, but rugby league is. I worked in both. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Rugby league is a brutal sport. I'll stand that up. It's, it's tougher, 20 times tougher than American football. And yeah. I, I watched, I spent in 2020 with Lachlan Penfold and the um, mm-hmm. Melbourne Storm. I was down there yeah. for a week and I've known Lachlan for 30 years. And I'm telling you what. When th- this is this is the methodology. It starts out with speed. They go to technique. They go mm-hmm. to the, and then they go to tackling, live tackling, and that. Yep. And then they'll de- they'll do conditioning types of really high intensity games, and then some lower lower intensity stuff. You know, mm-hmm. and recognize that you know they're going to have to come back. Usually, their pattern is well, not always. And this was off season. I mean, it was January, so you know. Yeah. Uh, they're they're going to have to come back uh, and do another quality session tomorrow, you know, and then mm. an easy session. So does that answer the question? I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I, okay. I think especially the idea of, of almost, as you mentioned, like three by three minute hard rounds followed by 10 to 15 minutes, uh, like easy, I guess you say aerobic work, like it's almost drilled out of coaches and athletes. I mean, myself included, I, I, as I mentioned, I fall into that trap too, where, Hey, I'm doing pure aerobic work. I'm doing pure anaerobic, whatever work. I can't do the other energy system stuff because they interfere and I don't want to interfere with the adaptations. But then we think about what you're doing in the gym, you're doing, you're starting with power stuff. Then you might be doing some extra stuff. Then you might be doing some hypertrophy stuff, whatever. And you kind of, You've got an interplay there, and that's seen as fine and and all good. But when it's come to conditioning, it's like it's a no no. Yeah, and and, and it's and, and I get in. You may have a question on this too, and 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 this is I have a question for you. Like in the various combat sports, now the, the, a lot of them are their weight classifications, but the role that extensive use of maximal strength plays. To me, mm. I've seen some programs, and I go, this doesn't make sense. Do a do a block of intensive maximal strength work and then you do more power endurance more strength endurance mm. you know to, to support what you're doing and yeah you the idea is the maximal strength will pull that other work up but i don't think you have to do it to the extent that we've done it you know a lot of sports too and that's true yeah, i i because that's I really like a pure that's block true. block periodization approach right that you're mentioning there yeah 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 yeah, yeah i've never been a I've never been a fan of, of pure block, especially in, in sports like combat and rugby and things. Cause it's, as you mentioned, you know, you got to touch on your major mind emphasis. You got to touch on everything because you need everything, <laughs> you need everything. And when you just go down the one road, you know, you, you stop touching on everything else and you got to come back to it eventually at some point. And yeah, it's, it yeah. makes things a little more difficult that way. Right. 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 Yeah. Well, it's, you know, this whole thing, I mean, you've heard me say this, simplicity yields complexity. And I think if you take a step back and recognize that we're we're not bio-machines, we are living, breathing human beings that all bring different um, elements and different capacities to our sport. And what we Mm. have to do is then we have to, we have to fit our capacities to the sport. And yeah. uh, uh, and and it's it's a constant process of exploration. I mean, like right now, I'm working with some with a really high level group of swimmers, but some of the they're they're still teenagers. I've worked with some of these kids now for five years. You know, so you know you start to know the ins and outs of the person. Always, yeah. always, always coach the person first, not the sport. You know, so mm. some people. Some people, I, I, I abhor the term, I think, you know, I abhor the term grinding. But some people <laughs> yeah. thrive because it, it just, it, you know, uh, grinders, don't, grinders don't last, mm-hmm. you know, in any sport. But, uh, but some people need that kind of um, mentality. You know, they need something. Uh, so you have to feed their fantasies a little bit. <laughs> You know, in different ways. I was telling on a on the other day, there was a famous Australian swimmer who held the world record in the fifteen hundred, and at, for for his whole career, he did the same workout every Monday, the same workout every Tuesday. Wow. 
that's by definition grinding. I mean, you know, either either that or he had a capacity to just turn his brain off, you know, like, um, but I, I think that in looking at the sports that you're working in, the various combat sports, there's so much different, varied um, demands placed upon you that there's mm. innumerable ways to get better, you know, is the way I look yeah. at it. So it's pretty cool. How do you, how do you, I guess, feed someone's fantasy if someone's listening to this and they love that grind mentality, but also need to be smart about their training? What are you doing then to kind of feed that? Something, something every workout at a strategic place in the workout because you know yeah. what's coming, where you leave them like where you know they're laying on the mat for mm. some, do something in about i'm not arbitrarily picking this time frame something between two and three minutes that really that really nails them you know yeah. and then and then you know get going and and uh uh and then and then they're the ones that that really want that hard hard so yeah you know but you know as the coach the sequence so where you can place them and it's a mind game and that's one of the that's that's a hard it's a hard one you know but yeah yeah, yeah that's what you yeah. have to do for sure and you i know for stuff after and things like that yeah yeah that i know you've talked about kind of a rhythm in spawn it's something i've thought about for a while i've been i just started trying to write uh, an article for hammer media on on rhythm and sport and i've i think i've only done not too much too much on it and i because to me, it's like in, a, in sport, rhythm is everything. Rhythm is about, well, sport is about disrupting your opponent's, in my head, sport is about disrupting your opponent's rhythm so you can impose yep. your own rhythm in this sport. And that's why you see teams or athletes, they have the momentum or they have control of whatever's going on. It's because whatever's being done is being done at their rhythm, at their pace, and they're able to disrupt and stop their opponents doing whatever they want to do at their rhythm. But I, I want to, I know you've, you've got various, ideas on almost manipulating rhythm and change. Well, I actually used some of your ideas when I was working with Romania sevens. I had, um, I would do various walking games, but I, I ended up changing the game where they had to walk like they were at waist high mud. So they had to walk around yeah. with it. Like, st just stuff like that. We're changing rhythm. But oh, yeah, I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on, on the idea of rhythm and manipulating rhythm and training. Well, I'm going to sound pretty airy fairy and like a sixties uh, hippie here, but, um, <laughs> which I sort of was anyway, I, grew, I was in California. I, I discovered the Grateful Dead though a year ago instead of 50 years ago. But um, okay, look, we have a fundamental rhythm in our body and it's called our heartbeat, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I, I uh, my two-year-old granddaughter was here and I was holding her, you know, and and she when she gets tired, she puts her head right on her mom or dad's heart or in her heart. And I thought, mm. you know, that got me thinking about that again. So there's your fundamental rhythm. And you're right. I like your definition that you're trying to disrupt somebody else's rhythm. And mm. the biggest thing that we have to do in sports like you're working with now and in rugby and that is is asynchronous, it, you know, be, being able to go one, two, two, one, one, two, 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 one, you know, like mm -hmm. that. And um, I, I, I always tell people, that we had this discussion yesterday morning at our special core work session about it's a big dance. It's just a big mm -hmm. dance, you know, and it's, and, 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 uh, I love music. Uh, I, I can't carry tune in a basket, but I love music. So <laughs> it's, it's sometimes it's a well orchestrated symphony, right? Cottas, you know, it's just, and, and it's, and there's a certain tempo or Tai, you know, like I even use Tai Chi tempo. We'll do stuff at Tai Chi tempo. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, and then you speed it up and then you slow it down and, and that. So I, 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 I think being as a coach, being conscious of it and, and figuring out opportunities to, to change tempos and, and teach rhythm and tempo is, mm -hmm. is a real good opportunity to get people better. You know, you can do your warm up exercise in a rhythmic manner and then you can, and and then you can do something as simple as close your eyes, you know, and now you have to tune in. Now, mm -hmm. what is that? You know, can you can you still keep the same kind of footfall, you know, stuff like that? So I, I, I it's there. Um, 
Uh, I don't think I don't think we've explored it enough, James. Um, mm. I certain sports have, but I, I you know kind of the macho kind of sports, you know, American football stuff like that. Yeah, the, 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 I, I just look at the opportunities, and I, and I think. You know, I, I said this 25 years ago when I first went to Australia. Rugby was ahead of the game in mm-hmm. a lot of things like that. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and you know, you, you, you heard Jimmy Radcliffe talk at, mm-hmm. uh, at Gain. And, and when they were, when Chip Kelly was at Oregon and they were, and that's, that's basically Eddie Jones. Well, he's not with, he's fired. He's back in Australia. But yep. <laughs> when he, went, he, he took, Jimmy was over there. He took those concepts. Dean took the concepts back to the, to the storm and then Lachlan, you know, where we've just got, we've just got to operate. Now you can operate faster and be inefficient. And so the, the, the qualifying term is rhythm is, is the mm. rhythm and tempo that you can control, you know, and, and, and dial it up and dial it down, you know, and do that. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fascinating concept. It's certainly not new. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, but uh, we could explore it and use it a lot more, you know, I think. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of previous podcasts, Gary Turner and John Mackey have talked a little bit about manipulating sparring with rhythm. I know Gary talks about he does sometimes he'll do super slow sparring. So you can only move very slowly. And that means you have to essentially you can see everything as well, but it's just manipulating the tempo of of things there as well. So there's, yeah, there's lots of that interesting be, concepts and things. For me, that would be ungodly hard, you know, as I yeah. visualize. Ungodly yeah, exactly. <laughs> we used to do that. We used to do that. I did it with a discus where it was Tai Chi rhythm. You know, they'd have to do two Tai Chi throws and then full speed throw. Mm. And then they're, they're, they're just freak out. You know, I mean, there's just be smoke <laughs> coming out of their ears, you know, because they want to go. No, yeah. because... You, 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 you. It's possible to be too fast, James. It's possible mm-hmm. to be too fast, and you. I'm sure you've seen that in fighting, where somebody's just, you know, hell bent for leather, and they're out of control. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. Oh man, that would be really tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and I, know, I know you mentioned as well American football. I mean, yeah, some of the training you see on American football makes me shit a tear. <laughs> oh. That you that you see online, you're like, damn. And these people are getting paid how much money? <laughs> but well, the, the conditioning coaches are getting paid a million dollars, and crazy. You know, and you're stealing, you know. You're stealing, yeah. But yeah. whatever. I wouldn't. Tra- <laughs> I wouldn't trade places with them for a million dollars either, because, uh, well, I don't know. I might consider it. <laughs> but you know, it's 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 because the culture of the game, uh, um. Hmm. Is, is just not, is, it won't embrace um, newer training methodologies. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's what I've seen. Well, yeah. 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 I mean, combat yeah. sports is pretty similar in that regard, but it's changing, I think, now with, with yeah. the UFC Performance Institute bringing some more information to light and kind of making it a little more mainstream yeah. with yeah. with some proper training methods. But, man, it's still, it's still rampant, you know, the endless f- fight-specific circuits till you puke and random just just random things placed anywhere yeah Mm -hmm. and monkey see monkey do i'm sure everybody oh yeah tries to find out what the champion does and then whatever he or she does then they copy it (laughs) yeah exactly and i've fallen victim to that at various times Mm -hmm. and certainly i want to know i'm fascinated by uh this the norwegian hurdler who shattered the world record in the 400 hurdles what more i was supposed to go to norway and end of April and I can't go now because we've got world champs trials, but you know, I, I, I want to know because is there things that he's, some of it is, and, and this is when you look at things, uh, people's training, a lot of it is looking at what aren't they doing that everybody mm. else is too. You know, it's like we, we, they, they might do this, some crazy drill or some crazy workout. Everybody focuses on that, but what aren't they doing? What are they not doing? That everybody mm. else is too, you know, and that's kind of become my 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 thing now. Looking at it that way, you know, that's another way mm, to that, learn. That's that's yeah. a that's a re- really good thing to look at. I've never actually thought about it that way. Maybe I'll have to, I'll have to see see that next time I, well, I take something like that. Look at and, and you know, I I I was doing this with um, uh, 
Chris Webb, who's run, who's in charge of getting swimming. And I said, I said, I said, Chris, we need to have an independent, couple of independent people, not swimming coaches or not know that know that don't know swimming, to look at our programs right now, and see what's there and see what isn't there from their point of view. I, mm. I, I, I think that as coaches, as teachers, as learners, that's that's a really really important you know mechanism. So an independent sort of review, you know, and it's, you can do it yourself. I, I was doing some of that this morning, looking through some stuff, but you know, you just like anything, right? You fall in love with certain things or certain yeah. things that my, my head coach that I'm working with now said to me the other day, he said, well, why do you always put, I've been working with them for 10 years now. He said, why do you always put this on this particular day? Mm-hmm. Silence, and I said, "You know, Brent, it's a really good question. I don't have an answer for you. I've just always done it that way." Well, that's a crappy answer. If you think about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it works. Well, baloney. If I moved it to another day, would it work better? We don't know. You know. <laughs> so I'm my own roughest critic, but you have to be right. You have to. Be, mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. So. No, for yeah. sure. I think yeah. I think I've pretty much answered uh, asked you everything I had on my on my list here. But if anyone wants okay. to find you and, and follow you and see and I guess follow your Facebook rants and, and tweets and everything else, where can they do that? Uh, well, I'm on Facebook. Um, Twitter is at Coach Gambetta. Um, I haven't gotten kicked off yet. LinkedIn <laughs> uh, kicked off Twitter. LinkedIn is a lot more professional anyway. Uh, just look up my name, Vern Gambetta. Um, email is uh, gstscoach at gmail.com. Um, and the, the website that you should go to is um, the gain, G A I N, and then another N, network.com. Find out about Gain Network. We have coffee talks once a month that are open to anybody. Um, we haven't had very many combat uh, people to uh, to gain and i think it it, it would be you'd, you'd really enjoy it and you can you, you can mention it i mean it's a it's yeah. a really special experience and it's it's a network uh and uh we we've got just some of the this is i we started in 2007 i i, I just realized that the other day so wow. so yeah that's that's mainly where and if you're in sarasota and you don't want to buy i don't drink coffee but you can buy me an iced tea and i'll sit down and <laughs> talk so um i love 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 sharing ideas with people you always learn stuff so that'd be oh, great. perfect uh, uh, thanks for coming on Vin, as well I, I really appreciate it oh good i'm glad we were able to go through the confusion and get on so it's very good no, thank you awesome